He did a really good job, you know. I don't know what caused that, but uh, but really, uh, Amber Harville was married in here today, and it was just a wonderful, sweet time. So uh, we thank God for that. So tonight, if you will, stand. In honor of reading God's Word, and we'll get right on into it. <clears throat> I'm going to begin at verse uh, 19. Matthew 6, 19. It says, Lay not up for yourself treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth or rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Father God, thank you for your word. I, again, I just stop and look to you, acknowledge uh, my great need for you. Pray, Lord, you just get rid of me and uh, just anoint me and help me to speak the truth of your word in ways, Lord, that would just, that's truthful to your word and that would honor you and would uh, speak to us, speak to us here tonight. We look to you. We look to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. <clears throat> As I read this and uh, begin to look at the, uh, the treasure in, in Scripture that we've read, uh, you know, we've, if you've been in church much, you've seen, you've read this Scripture and, uh, and, and what it, it gives us and but as I got to looking at the, when it began to talking about the treasures and things of that nature, and then shifted into the, to the eye, you know, and the truth of the matter is, is that uh, our eye, our eye is pretty important, don't you think? It's pretty important uh, to our body, and um, and uh, you know what. It's been said that uh, the eye is the, the window of the soul. And uh, a lot of times it, you can look in uh, people's eye and tell what's going on. And sometimes, it, you know, you can tell if somebody's about to blow a gasket. You can, sometimes you can see it in their eyes and sort of, sort of thing, you know. But uh, what, I'm, what I'm thinking about tonight, though, is is, is our eyes, it's what we look at and what has our attention and what has our eyes. And uh, I don't know uh, if any of you guys have ever done this or would ever admit to it, but whenever I was younger, uh, there was, sometimes there was ladies that would catch my eye. Y'all, I ain't, ain't nobody, ain't none of y'all ever admit to that? I mean, that's just, you know, a young boy, you know, that girl just kind of caught my eye, you know. If he catches your eye, you know, you, you find you kind of look back over there again. You know, that sort of thing. It's caught your eye. And uh, so tonight as I look at that and I think about that, that I, I tell this, you know, what, what, what has your eye? The truth of the matter is, 
Probably all of us is to some degree, in some way, there's something in this life that has our eye, you know. And, uh, and it's important, it is important what that is. And I believe that's what the Lord uh, is, is bringing across in this passage here. So let's, let's go and, and, and begin and, and work our way down through it. And uh, we'll look at some, some other things along the way. But uh, the first thing here about the, the treasure is uh, to laying up your treasure. It, it kind of, when it says lay not up your treasure, it, it, it kind of makes the assumption that uh, I guess we have some treasure. We treasure something, in other words. Amen? I mean, whatever, we treasure something. And, uh, it's, I, and to me, I believe it's important. What is it that you really treasure? And uh, yeah, that does make a difference. And, and how many of you know that sometimes we can, we can put, the, and the, tr- the treasure, the treasure now is something of great worth or value. And, and that's, that's a treasure. This word treasure here is, is, is more on the, the uh, uh, like hoarding type of treasure, you know, to hoard your treasure. Someone with maybe the wealth that it, and, and, and that's, that's important to them and that's what, a lot of value and worth there. And they, they do that. But to treasure, to treasure something. And sometimes we can treasure things that might not be of any value really to other people. But it is to us. You know, I think about a, uh, my brother-in-law back there, Glenn. And he's going to think, well, he's going crazy. He's, he's crawling out now. He's, but... Uh, it's in, to him, it's of value to hold on to sugar-meated watermelon seeds. <laughs> Did y'all know that? Now, I don't know how many of y'all are really being out of shape to make sure that y'all got some of them, but he is. You know why? Because it's the seed from uh, his grandpa, Ube Jarber. They belong to him. So that's a value. That's a, va- that's, a tre- that's a treasure to him. As a matter of fact, he gave mama a word of medicine and said, now listen, that's the biggest one I had and I want you to save the seed for me out of it. So uh, that sort of thing. So we see that there's, you know, when you talk about treasure and, and, and we can think of, uh, we, we want to think about money and wealth, things of this nature, which is, is, is right, which what the Bible teaches can pull us uh, off track. But there's, we, we, we have treasure. And he said, and, and the thing about it is, is that he, he says what you treasure, whatever it is. But the thing about it is, is that when he and we talked about there's 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 two kind there's two treasures here that he's talking about. We can have we can have a treasure that's known as an earthly treasure, or we can have a treasure that's known as heavenly treasure. Lay, it, lay you can lay up your treasure upon the earth, or you can lay your treasure up in heaven. There's, I mean, there's different. There's, that's, that's what it's teaching. There's two kinds. And here's the here's the the thing about it, and, and it, when we think about uh, this treasure, is when you when you look at it, it's, it tells us that the earth. Boy, I like this step here. If I fail, it wouldn't be so far, probably. But uh, but if we look at the the, the, the this treasure, and um, it's it's the earthly one says it can get eat up, it can rust. It can get stolen. In other words, earthly treasure, things that mean something to us that are earth, 
are at best temporary. That's just the way it is. I mean, that's, I mean, if nothing else, death will take, prize your fingers off of it. Earthly stuff, if you treasure earthly things. But there's treasure, there's heavenly treasure, and it says, it ain't, ain't nothing going to eat that, it's never going to rust, and ain't nobody going to steal it. In other words, it's forever. It's forever. There's treasure. There's things that we can treasure that are temporary. Y'all agree with that? I will admit to you, there's, been, there's a lot of things that I treasure are temporary. Okay? So there's, 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 a, there's an earthly treasure. There's heavenly treasure. And one's uh, temporary. One is forever. Now, when I think about the treasure, the scripture that came to my mind was a a scripture that Paul used because I think Paul probably is a very good example for us to, what Paul treasured, what Paul considered a treasure would probably be real good if that's what I realized and, 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 and considered a real treasure. My best treasure, my most prized possession that I treasure most of all. And we can, so let's look, I want to quickly look at this in Corinthians. I think this is really good as we move on through in this. But 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 through 7 here. This is the Apostle Paul addressing some, uh, some things here in 2 Corinthians where he had kind of been accused of doing things and using the gospel for his own benefit and things like that, which he, he, he never did. He always went out of his way not to do that. But he'd be, be accused of things like that or kind of hiding things. He's uh, underhanded sort of stuff. And he said, I'm, we ain't hiding nothing. We, oh, we lay the gospel out. That's what we do. And it picks up in verse 3 there. It says, but if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. He said, I'm not, hide, I'm not hiding anything. I'm a, I, I preach the gospel. That's what I do. Wherever I go, I get in hot water for it. So be it. But I'm, I'm open. You know where I stand. I put it out there. And it says, but if it's hid, it's hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not. Blinded them. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. Now you, you get a feeling here, this, he, this, is, this is good here when he goes to laying this out. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. I'm not hiding anything. I'm giving them the gospel. I want the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ to break through for them. Because, for you know why? Because I know and understand what a treasure that is. For the person that doesn't have that, I don't care what you've got as a treasure. It doesn't compare. And that's what Paul's saying. This is a treasure that means so much to me. For we preach not ourselves. It's not about me. It's not about me at all. I'm not here to preach about me. I'm not, it's not about, I'm not trying to gain something. I'm not trying to win a popularity contest. I'm not trying to make a name for myself and, and, and whatever. I'm, that's, it's not about us. We preach not ourselves, but Jesus Christ the Lord and ourselves. If you want to know who we are, ourselves, we're servants for Jesus' sake. Not only servants, we're your servants for Jesus' sake. That's who we are. That's all I can. I belong to him. Praise God I belong to him. But I must, I'm his servant and he, he's using me to serve you in this capacity to let you know about this gospel. Because that is a treasure. That is such a treasure. It says, for God, 
who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. He was just talking about the light of the glorious gospel that Satan tries to hide that. That's what people need to see and know and understand. Probably if there was a prayer that you ever wanted to pray that I think was, is that you would pray straight to God Almighty that he would shine his light into hearts of people who are lost. That's what else, what better thing, can, who else can you go to to get something that's able to do it any better than him? And what does people need any more than that? The greatest treasure there is for that light to shine into their life that they can see and know this glorious gospel. But the God who, now little boy, I love, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, the one that said, let there be light. He has shined in our hearts. Well, so right there, we ought to got up and said, thank you, Lord. He has shined in my heart. The one that said, let there be light, said, let there be light in the heart of Eddie Griffiths. And let him see and know and understand this great gospel that is so precious and valuable. Let it shine on him to where he realizes and knows there's not a treasure in the world that can compare to this gospel. And what God has done and given to me. Paul said, it has shined, it has shined in our hearts to give the light and here's what it gave. It gave the light of what? The knowledge of the glory of God. To know the, what is the glory of God? Well, it's in the face or the person of Jesus Christ. The glory of God is the gospel that was brought to mankind through his only son, Jesus Christ. That's the glory of God. Can you see that? Oh, man. Just people, how badly people need to see that and know that. That'll change a country. That'll turn a country back if the light of the light maker, if it shines in the heart of people, it changes lives. If there's anything in this world, this country needs, it needs for God Almighty, that light to shine on the hearts of men in this place and in this country and in this culture. That is a fact. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Verse 7, though, he says, but we have what? This what? It's treasure, folks. Don't ever, don't ever sell it short. Don't ever think about trying to swap it out for something else that you think might be a little better. They ain't nothing any better. It's a treasure. A treasure like no other treasure, and Paul knew it. And what you said, well, you know what? We have this great treasure is in this old ugly, filthy, skin-up, scarred-up vessel. Me. It, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. It's in us. It's a, that, we're nothing. I, we're nothing. But the treasure that's in me, whoo-hoo, man, I ain't nothing, but the treasure I got is. And if I'm going to brag on somebody, it ain't about me. It's about the treasure that I've received from an almighty God who shined on me and opened my eyes and poured it in. It's good by gracious. It's good to know that. Mm, 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 mm. So we have, this, we have this treasure in earth and vessels. Why that the excellency or the abundance, exceeding abundance of the power may be of God and not of us. We have, folks, we have a treasure that is straight from God himself. Great, uh, such a treasure. Let's don't be foolish and let other things Try to come in and be the treasure to replace this treasure. That's foolish. 
Nothing, nothing in this world compares to that treasure. That's a heavenly treasure. That's a forever treasure. And let's move on now. We get back over into uh, the scripture. And I, and I find, and I, you know, I, I find it, you know, pretty neat that he goes on to talk about, but uh, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And, and that is good. I mean, what you treasure, it, 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 it eventually shows up. You know, sooner or later, because it, you, you might hide things or whatever, but it, it kind of shows up. Your heart, the heart will reveal where your treasure is. That's just, it's going to, it, it will do that. Because, <clears throat> you know, and I thought about this here, uh, the, uh, some lyrics or something about uh, uh, a heart don't lie or a heart don't lie, something like that, you know. And I'm thinking, and if we think about that just right, if you get to the heart of, if you really do get to the heart, to what's what's really in the heart, do you know that's where you'll find the truth? And you know, and that's the reason that God Almighty knows the truth about you and me because He knows my heart. He knows my heart. He knows my heart better than I do. Okay, and that, that, that's where that's where the real is. That's the real deal. There, it's, that's even with your salvation is to to believe with all your heart. Believe with your heart. But uh, I, I run across it and I thought it's, it's kind of good. I think I, I wrote it down. I said, I believe that's, I can agree with that. It says you can lie to what's in your head, but you can't lie to what's in your heart. For the heart never tells lies, but hidden truths. Oh, my goodness. I kind of think that's, yeah. If you get right on down to the heart, the real heart, not what, not what somebody can, they may say and all kind of hide, but you'll find what's really there is in the heart. And that's the reason it's so important. But what, what, what does your heart treasure? What does your heart treasure? Can we say, I treasure my salvation more than anything? The gospel of Jesus Christ, knowing him, knowing him, that he has opened my eyes and not me myself. But then we talk and then he moves right into eyes. He goes right into eyes from that. Because, I, I, now put down, the eyes are very instrumental in, in what is in our heart. You ever heard of a wandering eye? Yep. Wandering eye, you know, looking around, finding something. You know, a lot of times they'll, yeah, oh, wandering eye, it'll find something directly to get in trouble with, most likely. But that, that, it's so important that there's, we got this here, the, the, this, this treasure, the two kinds, the heavenly and the uh, uh, earthly, but we also got the two kinds of eyes, because it talks about here, if you, uh, with the eyes, uh, Verse 23, but if thine eye be, uh, or verse 22, the light of the body is the eye. That's where, what we see. If therefore, if therefore thine eye be single, the single is whole or healthy or, or right. It functions like it, like it should. The whole body shall, uh, shall be full of light. It's, it's, it's letting in light. <coughs> but there's another kind, but there's another kind of eye. But if then I be evil, so we got a we got a good eye and a bad eye, you know, and it's that it's, it's what kind of eye have you got? What what what's what is that eye uh, uh, looking at? What what has your eye there that you you focus on? Are you focused on what's good and letting in good things, or are you focused on what's bad and letting in bad things? And we could go, we could take off on that, uh, uh, but we we, we just want to. <clears throat> Let know that there's there's two kind of eyes here, and we and what we what it talks about is the good one lets in light, 
I find that, I find that very, very good because God is light. We, we know that. And then darkness is, is, is evil. That's the two, uh, light and dark. They, they, don't, they don't intermingle. It's two different things. The light and the darkness. Now, but a good, it can be good or healthy, whatever. But it says the effect of the whole body for good or bad, for light or darkness, it, it, it depends on the eye. It's what, what are you looking at? What are you allowing? What's got your attention? What's got your focus? Where's your, your, your heart will be in your, what your eyes are focusing on, what you're looking at. What, that's kind of where your heart will be. All of this working together because of this, this eye. What, what's got your eye? What means something to you? <clears throat> so you got the two eyes and then he, he ended. And, and, and uh, let me read First John before I leave here. First John, first chapter, uh, John 1, 5 said, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light. God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. So it matters the eye what you're allowing to come in. What type of eye you got? Where's it, where's it, where's it focused? If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. So there's, you, you see that comparison there of he's light and in him there's no darkness. And if we say we walk, if we, we're walking after him and in the light and, and we're walking in darkness, we're, we're, just, we're just lying. That's, that's, that's a lie. That's not, that's not true. So <clears throat> I think that's important to, to, to hit on that and to remember what's coming in here. Is it light or is it dark? Is that, what, what do we look at? And it's important. And here's the next thing, because he, he said, uh, here's one thing you can't do. No man can serve two masters. Well, it looks like I could serve each one of them a little bit. Serve one a little bit and the other a little bit. He says you can't do that. You're either going to serve one or the other. And when you, th when you talk about that, serving, I kind of hear and hear, back you, you're the man that James talks about as a double-minded man, split, can't decide. And he says he's unstable in all his ways. Nail it down, zero it. Who's your master? Who's your master? See, and he, he, he's, he's, he says you can't serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will hold the one and despise the other. What he is saying here, one or the other will have your heart. That's a new good word. One or the other is going to have your heart. You say, well, it's one or the other will have your heart. You can't serve. You, that's, that's the way it is. And whichever one you, wherever you zero in on, the other one <clears throat> takes a beating. And that's the reason it's good to zero in on the Lord so that the things of the world can take a beating. That's the way we, that's the way we want it to work. <clears throat> Just like your eyes. When we talk about eyes. Your eyes can't focus on two objects at the same time. Just try that for me. Yeah. You know, just look at Tonda and me at the same time. Can you, can you do that? Just focus on me and focus on Tonda. You just can't do it. That's, that's the comparison that you use there. You can't do it. You're only serving one master. Which one is it? That's the thing, for real. Which one is it? Which one means the most to you? 
<clears throat> only one, only one will have your love, and your, which is your heart. Very important. And it will show up in the way you live your life and the way you do things, the way you handle things in your everyday living, in everyday life. Is how you, who, who you serve. Who's your master? Where's your, where's, where's your treasure? What really is your treasure? Does the things of this world mean so much to you that you would do anything to keep from losing what you have here? You know, there's people that's, that's committed crimes trying to hang on to wealth or position or whatever it may be. Is it worth it? Your treasure and your eyes and what, that, what you're looking at and what's got your attention makes a difference in the way you live your life. And I think, I think over in Genesis chapter 13, and you can go there, we will find a good example, as I know of, about this. About this. Genesis chapter 13. Let's slip over there and read it real quick. <clears throat> Work our way through it. I, this, is, this, is, this is good. Genesis chapter 13. I'm, I'll, I'll just start at verse 1. And if you're there, say amen. amen. <clears throat> this begins with Abram. This is before he was named Abraham. And this is right after Abram has been in Egypt. And when he went to Egypt, he got scared because he was like me. He had a real good-looking wife. And uh, he was afraid that somebody would kill him to get her. Now, ain't nobody killed me yet, but I'm thinking it may happen any day. But <laughs> yeah, me. <laughs> yeah, you, huh? Yeah, you're going to kill me. But that is so true. I mean, he said, look here, sir. Say, so look here, Sarah, tell, tell the Pharaoh that uh, you're my sister because if he, 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 he's going to want you and if he thinks you're I'm married to you, he'll just knock me off. That's what happened. You know? So anyway, they, they concocted that lie and they went with that lie and everything. But the Lord took care of them. Isn't it good to know the Lord take care of you when you're crazy and acting stupid? <laughs> Golly. But we look at Abraham, but David, I, I tell you, the, the deal is, and I believe this with all my heart, was that the, the deal with Abraham is that God knew his heart. God knew who he was. He knew his heart. He knew him. He knew what he had, he had called him. I mean, good gracious. I mean, it's just like me talking about the Lord has called me. He's saved me. He's sanctified me. He set me apart. I'm a Christian. He did that for me. Thank the Lord. But Abram too. But if we, as he's come back now and he's, he's coming out of Egypt. Verse 1, we'll pick up. And it says, And Abram went, went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that they had, and Lot went with him into the south. And Abraham was very rich in cattle and silver and in gold. Right there. I want you to see and know and understand. When we talk about treasure, <clears throat> just because you may have a lot of wealth and gold and possessions, whatever, does not mean, that does not mean that that's necessarily your treasure. A lot of times people, wealthy people get a bad rap because they're wealthy. Abraham was a wealthy man. There's nothing wrong, there's not anything wrong. It's not, it's, see, it's not about the wealth that you have it's about if the wealth has you. That's, that's the deal, okay? And, only, and, only, and that's, your, that's your problem, and, you know? As far as wealth, I ain't got that problem, so I ain't having to worry about that. But if you, if you, if you worry about because you got it, 
That's fine, but there's been a lot of wealthy men who were godly men use their wealth for the glory of God. And that's, that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. So I just make sure because a lot, a lot of times people get a, a rap, bad rap, just because they're, they're wealthy people. But Abraham was wealthy with uh, silver and gold cattle. It says, and he went on his journey from the south even to Bethel unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning, his tent, between Bethel and Hai, unto the place of the altar, which he had made there at the first, and there Abram called upon the name of the Lord. Abraham was the type of man who called upon the name of the Lord. Abraham was the type of man who put up an altar to the Lord. It was, these altars were put up as a, as a memorial recognition to where God had met them, and God had kept his promise. And, you, and, and a lot of times these altars were where they were sacrificed. Amen. The best, the best altar there ever has ever been was on a hill called Calvary. That was an altar there where a sacrifice was made where man could have a communion with God, an encounter with God right there. And that's where a person needs to go. That is, and that's, that is, that's, the kind, that's who Abraham was. He was a man who called on the name of the Lord. He had went there, that was where his tent was. That's where it's kind of, when, he, when it says that tent, that's kind of like where he was placing himself, right here where he had been at the first in this altar and calling upon the name of the Lord. But then in verse five, here we make a move and here we begin to see about uh, what you're looking at and what means something to you. And Lot also, which went, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. He was well blessed. He was, he was a wealthy man. And the land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together for their substance was great so that they could not dwell together. How many of y'all know that a lot of times our blessings can, can create some problems? Very, very much so. Our, they've been very blessed, but it's going to create a problem. Probably one of the greatest problems of this country is the blessings that's been poured out on us through the years. I just believe that with all my heart. So that they, 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 they wasn't enough grass for us all the way they had been blessed. It says, and there was strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle and the, the Canaanite and the Pezrites dwelt in, the, in their land. So here we got strife. Uh, a lot of times strife will flare up over blessings and people's blessed and there's strife there and all this kind of stuff. So we realize that these kind of things can happen, but you truly, you got to realize, no, these men were blessed, blessed of God. But here's, here's Abram, and I love this, <clears throat> that Abram says unto Lot, let there be no strife, let there be no strife, I pray thee between me and thee and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we are brethren. I love it. I believe, I believe godly people, I believe godly people don't like strife in their life. I don't think they like to be around strife. And as a matter of fact, I believe godly people are, are, are willing to lay down their rights to keep strife away. Amen? Strife is a man. Churches don't, we don't need strife. And Abraham says, man, that, we, we don't need to fight. We're brethren. Boy, don't you think that it's the, what in the world testimony is when brethren can't get along. Christian, they can't get along. Strive. I ain't making nothing up. 
Abraham says, let's not let the strife be there. We're brethren. Let's, let's work this thing out. And he says in verse 9, Is not the whole land before thee? You see it all, everything here. Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. And if thou will take the left hand, then I'll go to the right. Or if you depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. That's kind of a strife diffuser there. I'm willing, I'm willing to let you what, whatever you, you would want to do. Whatever you want to you, you do it. You do it. I believe, I believe Abraham's heart is right. And I don't believe that Abraham, his, his eyes ain't on this land and all this cattle and all. That's, that, that, that doesn't really concern him. I think really what concerns him more is that his tent is, is there where the altar was where he met God and that he's calling on the name of the God. That's, that's what is important to Abraham. Okay? And he's, and he's letting Lot say, you, you, you do what you want to. And I'll take what's left. But then look at verse 10. And Lot lifted up his... His what? Reckon it matters what you're, what you're looking at, what you're looking for. He lifted up his, his eyes. And what he sees with his eyes is going to have a whole lot to do with the decision that he makes. Did y'all know that? Yeah, it's the same thing with any of us. In everyday life, how do we handle ourselves? What's really there? So he said, And Lot lifted up his eye, and behold, all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord. It was, I mean, it was a garden of Eden. It was a man, it was a nice place. Like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zor. Then, then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan. And Lot journeyed east. He said, I'll tell you what, I'll take that. That's what I want. That's what looks good. That's what's got my attention there. I need that. Now, if I'm going to be prosperous, I need that. That sort of thing. Looking at that. <clears throat> and they separated themselves, the one from the other. But then Abram, Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan. But then that's where Lord was going to send him anyway. And Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent. Abram pitched his tent where? Back over there where he had met with the Lord at the altar, remember? That's where his tent was. Lot said, boy, I tell you what, I like what my eyes are seeing. Folks, it's important. How we make our decisions. That's where I want to be. That's where I want to go. He says, and he pitched his tent toward Sodom. Mm. Toward Sodom. Them eyes. Them eyes. And that heart. And all of it works together. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. I won't go into all the detail with Sodom and Gomorrah. I think most everybody probably 
knows that. So he lifted up his eyes. When I, when I wrote down, when he lifted up his eyes, where was his heart? We reckon. There's a connection there. Lot pitched his tent <clears throat> toward exceedingly wicked men toward that city. So, the stuff that Lot was focused on and what meant something to him and what he pursued and evidently was a treasure to him. Let me tell you, he lost every bit of it. All that was left was two daughters. That's how, that's how his life wound up. Tremendous story. Just two daughters left. And wound up with an incestuous relationship with both of them. And gave the Israelites Moab and Ammon. Which was a problem. That's amazing. But see it started. He lifted up his eyes and he saw something look really good. And it caught his heart. And I believe it was his treasure. And he pursued it. And that's where, that's where it ended. But Abraham. I'll take whatever's left. <clears throat> and the Lord said unto Abraham. After that lot had, was separated from him. Lift up now thine what? Now lift up your eye. <laughs> we all got eyes. You look at lift up your eyes. And look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward. You just look everywhere. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I will I give it. Woo-hoo, will I give it? You ain't got to go try to get it for yourself. I will give it to you. I have given it. Hey, 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 hey. What has he given me? The greatest treasure known to man was given to me as a gift by God. Just like he said, I'm giving you that. Look at it. Enjoy it. Walk around on it. Just bask in it. It's yours and I've given it to you and you can just praise me for it. Because I knew your heart. And your heart would say, I don't care. Let's don't have any strife. I'll take whatever's left. It don't matter to me. This stuff does not matter. And God blessed that. He do the same thing for us. It says, uh, and I will give it to thee and to thy seed. For how long? There's temporary stuff and there's forever stuff, ain't they? Hey, a lot found out what he wanted was temporary. Am I right? There's temporary, there's forever. Man. Mm, 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 mm. I love it. I give it to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then shall it, thy seed also be numbered. Arise, I love that. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and the breadth of it, for I've given it to you. You know, you know, what, I mean? you know what, I say? what that says to me? Just get up and walk all over it. It belongs to you. Just go in and enjoy it. Enjoy what I've given to you. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with enjoying the blessings that God has given you. And he's walking around. He says, just walk and look at it. And I've given it to you. Then Abraham, what did he do? He removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there what? An altar to the Lord. 
His tent, his tent's always around the altar of the Lord. He's calling on the name of the Lord. It's what the Lord's doing in his life. The Lord is his treasure. Tony, you can ease, ease on up here. <clears throat> Where do you think, can we see the difference in hearts here? Can we see the difference in eyes? Abraham's looking at the whole situation a whole lot different. Let's don't have the strife. We've been blessed by God. You do what you want. Abraham, Lot shows who he is. Eventually it comes out what he is, who he is, what his desire was, his heart. Wow. But you know, over in the New Testament, it talks about Lot being saved. Righteous Lot. Gracious me, goodness. That's the power of God. That's that treasure that Paul's talking about. What power? The salvation power. Through the gospel of Jesus Christ. What a treasure. What a treasure we have in an earthen vessel. May that be my treasure. And may I never allow material goods to move their way in. Not one thing wrong with material goods and wealth. Nothing. Unless they become the treasure. That's, that, that's sad. That's sad. I have to, to me, this right here just my treasure. 